Welcome to another episode of Song Mess. My name is Richard Villegas. And I'm Beverly Bryan. And uh, we, you know, it's the first episode of 2020, but we couldn't just let go of the decade just yet. And of course, we had to do uh, a special decade episode. Um, so how are you feeling about this big-ass decade, crazy-ass decade, Bev? Oh, my goodness. That's like <laughs> asking me how I feel about my entire life. Like, who even was I before the 2010s, you know? Hiller. Well, uh, we're going to get deep into it, but right now we're listening to Young, Latin, and Proud, a classic of the 2010s. This is by El Lado Negro. Uh, so we're going to wrap that up, and we'll be right back with some more um, nostalgia, I guess. Then you go knowing that you always be this one thing, and you always have this to be. Right, and we're back. Um, All right, hey, back. Hey, welcome back to the welcome back to the instant nostalgia <laughs> episode of Song Mess. I like. I, I was just thinking. I was like, oh wait, we kind of just did like the TBT episode like uh, a few months ago. But I was just like, this is different. This is different because that 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 was more like you know songs that we wish we could pl- have played on the show, but we weren't doing the show yet. And I think this is more a direct uh, sort of analysis of of the uh, of of the decade. Yeah, we um, have our journalism hats on right now. Heller, right? I mean, you know, it, and and we're and we're by the way, guys, we're recording on Christmas, uh, on Christmas Day, which is so funny. It's just like, sure, an atheist and a Jew sat down to podcast, and um, and here we are. It's Jewish <laughs> Christmas. And I love Jewish Christmas. I am actually getting Chinese food and watching a movie. We're gonna go see Uncut Gems later. Yes, you are a legend. I, I like I Mexico City. 
honestly has shit Chinese food. And I really like that's what I want. I mean, I'm going to go to the movies later today. All of my friends are like, you know, taking like entire like pictures where like all the families wearing like Christmas pajamas and like posting Aww. posting pictures of like their fucking like half eaten plates. And I'm like, ugh, OK, yeah, great. You know, I'm like, well, where's my Chinese food? Where's my movie theater? Exactly. You, you're you're <laughs> definitely an honorary Jew. You're invited to the Seder. <laughs> Especially on Christmas, even though that doesn't make any sense. My dra- my my drag name is going to be Shady Bot Shalom. Yes! Oh my God! Okay, but also like, you know, Christmas is a time to be with loved ones, yes. and this is as close as we can get to being together today without me getting on a plane. So, Absolutely. And I and I love myself, so I'm in good company. Shit. Um, but <laughs> but we're here to talk about um, some music from the 2010s. And um, I, I, you know, we have, as usual, a great playlist. I mean, you know, hindsight is 2020 and these playlists are f- fuego. Um, I mean, and, um, I really do think we did a good job of narrowing things down. Yeah. I'm super proud of ourselves, of us. And mm-hmm. on top of it, um, this was really hard. Yeah, I mean, I... There's so, so many artists I wanted to include, and I couldn't, and so we did the real whittle it down, make tough choices, hurt yourself a little, kill your babies type thing <laughs> here. And we, we really had to. I mean, like, you know, like, I think we both submitted 10, 10 song lists, and we, like, cut three. So the playlist today is 14 songs. Um, I, um, you know, this is the final, final, final uh, whatever of my end of year, end of decade uh, recaps. I had to write a bunch of those this year. I, and I'm very happy, very thankful. I wrote a bunch of stuff for uh, Remezcla. I wrote for Rolling Stone. I did a song mess best of 2019 episode. Um, I was even asked to contribute like personal lists to other uh, friends' publications. Um, did uh, I? Did you do any this year? I, I feel like, you know, since you're I not writing. Not. Oh, look no, at you go. Well, I want to be writing, but you know, I'm not right now. So I need to sort that out. Maybe that's one of my New Year's resolutions, but you are closing the decade out strong, and that is pretty amazing. Do yeah. you have any like writing resolutions for the coming year? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to pick up a, a couple of new, a new uh, writing gigs. Um, obviously, paid ones. Hey, um, but you know, I have I have three really solid ones right now that are Remezcla, Rolling Stone, and Bandcamp. But, you know, and but like this year, for example, like I contributed to like a Mexican publication for the first time, which is a life box set. You know, I, I contributed uh, to oh, Boiler rad. Room. Yeah. Which is a rad. British publication. You know, everybody um, go and read Richard. Do not just listen to Richard. You must read him as well. Read me for filth, Henny. Um, read the book before you see the movie. <laughs> I you know, and I think Song Mess, Song Mess is really taking the direction um, that I want it to take, uh, that I, you know, I've, I've definitely like, you know, since you and I kind of, uh, we, I don't want to say that we parted ways, but since you are, have a less active role necessarily in the show, I think, I think um, that like, yeah, no, I mean, it's fine that I'm like, I've become like, so I feel like I'm sort of like the Colbert now <laughs> yeah. to your John Stewart. And sure. I think that's fine. Um, and also, you know, occasionally we have like, so occasionally we have these episodes that it's like that are now song mess and inglés and I'm yeah. fine with that. I'm, no, it and it's wonderful. I mean, because like I, I, you know, I always said I didn't, I never wanted this to be a one man show. 
Um, you know, because again, like even like a lot of the songs that you brought in, like, you know, you even said in the, in, in the email, you were like, I know you're not a fan of many of these artists and, and that's true, you know, but I was like, it's always a foil is always good because a one, you know, only one point of view, which is like, I know I'm not the, the know all be all, you know, Hey, um, we're still the dream team, Richard. Yes, ma'am. Um, but let's, let's get the show on the road. So yes, we... let's get back to more important things such as like <laughs> the most significant Latin indie and a few non indie songs of the 2010s, which I feel like we've both been preparing to do this episode for a long time. We really have. And like the whole time we've been doing this podcast has all led up to this moment. And we decided to start with my pick, which, which was, I think, one of the most important songs of the decade Yeah, that um, the artist in question is probably sick of hearing about, talking yep. about, <laughs> listening to, but we just cannot help but stan the legend Elado Negro and the song Young Latin and Proud, which like launched a storm in the U.S., it- it really did. I mean, I feel like this is, you know, like this this song came out around the time that like the word, the term Latin X kind of like came into vogue. Um, and I think it really sort of defines a, a U.S. Latino identity, um, even though like I'm sure the song is designed to be much more borderless than that. Um, it, but in my mind, I feel like this is something that like, you know, Latin Latinx has really uh, clung to uh, since it since it dropped, like in what 2016, 2015? Um, Thereabouts. Yeah, we really I'm... did research for this one. Ah! Um, no, that was twenty sixteen because that was when Trump got elected. Right. Well. Oh well. But this came out before that. Right. Um, it did. But it, and so it was like it was all like right around that time though. And correct. Correct. So this is like embedded in my mind in it because it. You know, it brings up feelings for me of like anger and a desire to fight. And, mm. you know, I'm not Latina to begin with. Um, but so it's meant I know it, it meant so much more for people in the U.S. who are Latinx. And, right. you know, actually, I don't think even like bringing borderlessness into it, like I don't think it was meant to even be for like all of America. Like, you know, I've talked to Alado Negro about it and he wrote it for himself right you know? he wrote it for like a younger version of himself but also maybe for like some listener somewhere and it ended up you know being for many many people and he's got a complicated relationship with that because you know he's a complicated artist um, identity identity is tough i feel like oftentimes people of different ethnic groups feel like they don't like there's a there's a a sort of a slanted sense of belonging if because you don't necessarily fall into a stereotype I guess you know like like, like like, I feel like there are people who feel like you know they should be conforming to a stereotype like doing in a way of like doing a better job of being of meeting external and internal expectations of their ethnicity while also not wanting to do that for sure and like to some extent there's like so much that like you know you know being like at least third generation in this country that I can't relate to. Like right. the only experience I have is like wondering if I should care about my roots before the U S at all. You know? Right. Does that matter? Does it mean anything? But like, I don't know, being American in general is complicated that way, but like, you know, also being white, there's so much that like, I can't really, um, I can't, there's so much experience there that I don't share with somebody who's like, first generation and non-white and it gets so complicated sure 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, again, like, I feel like this is something that, like, Latinos often have to deal with, like, well, Latinx is specifically when they don't speak Spanish, you know, or like, um, you know, like, say, African Americans when they don't, when they're, like, not, quote, unquote, hood, you know, it's just like, this is like, it's just like, oh, you, you think you're white now? It's like, no, girl, it's just like, there are different expressions of identity, <laughs> different forms of being. It's like, when you're yeah. like, gay and not like into like you know pop diva pop stars it's like okay girl like i know i know but like or like you know there's also like you know there's also there's just there's there's just layers of this this complex experience where like you know i know a lot of people were like you know they are first gen in the u.s and they don't speak the same language as their grandparents even like they can't talk to their relatives in another country and that separation is very very painful you know oh absolutely and I, I think actually this 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 theme of identity is one that's very important for the past decade i think this is the you know with the rise of social media so came like the blurring of the lines of gender so came a lot of breakthroughs in like race and politics um and i think our next uh, our next song and our next artist really embody that um, you know, cause you brought in a song by Kuko and this is honestly the one song by Kuko that I actually like. Um, so I'm very glad to hear it. Well, today. I remember when the song came out, you introduced me to Kuko and you were hyped on him because of this song. And then, you know, a downward spiral happened. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Well, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Kuko, you know, like, I mean, Kuko... yeah, this is another song that struck a really deep chord with people right. and, you know, that was has just been like so moving and i think kuko is going to remain whatever happens now kuko is going to remain important for that reason like in terms of like opening doors inspiring other people to yeah. start making music and you know like i feel like both of these songs they do kind of go together because they are about talking about a you know defining your identity in the us for yourself and then, you know, giving other people then permission to do that as well. And it those this has just been so both of those songs, I think, for that reason, have just been like so cathartic for people. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like Spanglish is a very real thing for again, a lot of first generation, second generation kids, you know, growing up in the US. And so uh I mean, Kuko's parents are immigrants, you know. Um and so like it, it's not just that he represents Chicanos, he represents a whole um, swath of uh, he represents a whole generation really that grew up with like you know immigrant parents and 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 having to translate and all that so like even though this is a, a, a such a fun quirky adorable love song we're gonna listen to lo que siento um, it's still like again it, it speaks to many layers of of identity again in the very much in the U.S. Um, and, and yeah, I, again, I think this is, you know, it's very much a hallmark of, and then I guess because uh, of, of that, that I love it even more because it is a love song. Yeah. You know, it's a love song that also means so many things and it's just like, yeah, it doesn't even matter. The song, like some songs become so much larger than the artist who wrote them. And I think young Latin and proud and lo que siento are examples of that. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's go ahead and listen to that now. Again, this is Cuco. The track is Lo Que Siento, and we'll be right uh, right back with more songless. The 
solo pienso en ti When I wake up in the morning until I go back to sleep How I wish you were mine, I think of you all the time I always feel like I'm flying, baby you make me feel fine Lost in the words that you say to me Y pasando tiempo juntos is the ultimate dream I'm on top of the world, baby girl can't you see I found my perfect girl, I wanna make you my queen Time and time again I can't be feeling real sad Cause mi sueño no se ha hecho una realidad Pero el tiempo dirá, el tiempo dirá If we go spend our lives together, lo que el mundo gira I promise I don't want nobody else to be around me but you And nobody's touch and nobody's lips can make me feel like yours do Our hands interlock, nuestros labios se conocen Nuestra noche es corta pero hermosa, we'll be okay Dreaming of you and I'm alone Baby don't trip, I'm coming home Kick it with me, I don't care if the sun is If it ain't including you Promise that I'm gonna love you It's about that time you knew I swear I don't see nothing better Than to lay here with you And I hope you know I miss you From my head I can't dismiss you It is lo que yo anhelaba en esta vida Que me falta lo que siento It's so real I can't lie to you for real Sabes bien que te quiero And if you're down to stay Just let me know You know you're my sueño You came to life and now I feel alright Dreaming of you and
takes me back (laughs) yeah it's uh it's it's i mean you know it's one of those songs like i you know it's it's interesting like i i was talking about it with other writers and like we were all very concerned that end of the decade uh coverage would sort of linger over the last like three years you know and i find myself that like most of the things that have really impacted me are the ones from the beginning of the decade probably because that's when i got into the game uh, of the the whole Latin music, Latin indie thing. I mean, but also yeah, like, like same. Like these are like the songs that like first blew my mind. Like you know, I've never heard anything like this. Um, this is so exciting. You know, absolutely. Um, well, but it's also like wow, these songs hold up. But it's also like looking at baby pictures of Latin indie. Yes, and well, and that's exactly it for me. Like I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, with all this end of decade stuff, I was like, for me, it it's about staying power, right? If it's a song of a decade, it needs to be a song that's going to be sung in the next decade. You know, it's going to, it's going to be one of those songs that gets played to fucking death on the radio in 20, 30 years. You know what I mean? Like the way that classic rock, you know, is forever on the fucking radio and people just accept that. So when I was thinking of songs of the decade, I'm like, what are songs that like people are still going to be citing or what are albums that people are still going to be citing? And I think Maria Jose, which is what we just listened to, uh, is a, is a great artist that people will be citing are still citing, even though he hasn't released an album in like almost five years, you know? Um, and so this is Granada. This song was Granada. This is off his, uh, album Club Negro. Um, we were talking before we started recording again that this, um, this is a this is a track that was actually released as a single like two or three years before the album even came out. This is the first song that I feel people knew him for. Um, he had released an album uh, prior to Club Never called uh, Espíritu Invisible. That was one of the first manifestos of Ruido Son, uh, a a fantastic uh, genre of like electronic fusion born in Tijuana. Um, and like Mari Jose was one of the four pillars of Ruido Son alongside uh, Siete Catorce, Los Macuanos, and Santos. Uh, this is one of my two favorite sort of scenes uh, out of Latin America over the past decade. Actually, the next track that we'll listen to is my other favorite. Um, but, you know, so Ruido Son for me was really, really, really important because Ruido Son was one of the things that helped me reconcile my own identity. As It's funny that we were just talking about that beforehand because it was like they were putting spins on like cumbia and merengue and like salsa and whatever and bolero but they were you know and i'm like in my head that's always been like my 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 parents music my grandparents music it was never music for me and then hearing this sort of modern twist on that these modern takes on it that made it you know interesting to my set of interests you know whether it's electronic music or indie or noise or whatever um, that sort of was like, wow, that expanded the borders of possibility in my own mind. Um, and so I feel like Ruido Son was really integral to doing that. I think Mari Jose was really, really integral to doing that. I think, um, I mean, you know, Ruido Son was a very small scene. And so like, who was the best or most talented or most impactful, you know, that, that, that gets volleyed around all the time. But like, um, I really wanted to bring something by to honor that scene. Uh, I wanted to bring a song by Mari Jose that I haven't played before. I feel like we've only ever played the high energy stuff like Club Negro, uh, Rey de Reyes, you know. But I want like right. he, and like he, but Gre- Granada was like the quiet beginning. 
absolutely. He's you he's, know, a, he's everything he's an or like the, the little seed. Everything is contained in there. Absolutely, like Marie Jose's forte um, is often often lies in his ballads. Uh, Ultra is another one that's really like dark and heavy, and it's so slow, and you're like, what? Um, and yeah, I mean, Granada, I, I just find so powerful. I, I, I love the song. I, they played it recently at a music festival, like in between like headliner sets and like my friends and I were just like singing, sing, screaming it. It was, it was yes. so great. <laughs> you know, I think that like, um, you know, a lot of scenes do start so small that they're like barely a scene. Yeah. You know, and the fame of that scene ends up being much larger than what it was, even though what it was was also really, really awesome. But you had to be there actually probably on just like that one night that was really good. But like that kind of thing, that's when like history gets made. And I feel like, you know, this tiny, this tiny little like firecracker explosion that was Rui Doson is Mm -hmm. like, I feel like it. You know, it's one of those things where like everybody who heard it started a band. Yes. You know, they're like they're like the Ramones of like underground electronic music uh, in basically. in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, like it, it, Tijuana is still rippled. It, you know, it still ripples through Tijuana today. I mean, I interviewed um, Norte Collective. You know, a few months ago, no, two months ago now, and they cited Ruido Son. They were like, oh yeah, what that that like they were like, you know, we're often credited with kickstarting the electronic stuff, but like we're certainly not the only stuff happening here. And like they were like, you know, Marie Jose and like Santos and Siete Cator. I was like, oh my God. You know, I, I mean like, Nortec of course are the granddaddies, but sure. it is so it is so cool that they, you know, give credit to like, you know, people who've come after them. Absolutely. And well, you know, and, and again, speaking of granddaddies, I feel like well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe that's an, an, a tough transition here. But uh, up next, I want to play a song from, again, my other favorite scene uh, th- from Latin America from the past 10 years. Like, I feel like these were the two scenes that really molded me. Um, and, uh, you know, it's Chile. Chilean indie pop really was something else. Um, it la- I know and that for course, the TB- one of the first things we bonded over. <laughs> yes. And for the TBT episode, most of my playlist was Chilean and pop. But for this one, guys, don't worry. I'm only playing one track from that scene because as they say in Mexico, no me quiero pasar de verga. Um, What's that but, mean? Uh, d- you don't want to like overdo it. Like you're like, you know, you- you're doing too much. Um, ah, okay. Like, I need I need to learn this one. Um, yeah, you're, but you're, moving you're on. doing you're going too much beyond the dick or something like that is what it means. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I need to. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So um, again, Chile, my love, always and forever. And and so Denver again. I've I wrote an essay for Clue Phonograma this year. Oh my god, that was another sort of like writing milestone for for, for 2019. Um, and my my essay was about uh, Denver and the impact of uh, their their second album. Um, uh, Musica Gramatica Gimnasia. Um, again, I played a song from that in the TBT episode, so I wanted to play. I wanted to switch it up, and so today we're going to listen to Revista de Gimnasia, which I would argue is maybe their biggest and most recognizable hit. Um, it's where you see really all of the Denver hallmarks. You see like the sort of melancholy vocals and writing, um, disco, just you know, just bleeding from every note. Um, the video itself is also incredibly dark, which is, again, another Denver hallmark because uh, they are fucked up. Um, but, you know, like it really was sort of like the epitome of like this juvenile emotion, um, you know, from from angst all the way to like uh, 
uh, euphoria. Um, no, so it really I, captures everything and absolutely like, elegantly. They're so perfect. I hate it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, they'll make a comeback. I I know it. I I I, know, I feel it in my bone. Or, um, but you know. Uh, but let's go ahead and listen to that now. Again, this is Revista Gimnasia by Denver, uh, and we'll be right back with more 2010s madness.
Okay, so we were just listening to another one of the songs that I think is going to be so important that will yes. continue to matter, that did matter. I am talking about the song Mexican Chef by Senia Rubinos, um, another American artist from me because I'm Songmess's North American correspondent now. Hey, um, I, I so prefer it that way. <laughs> this was on like a, a, perfect, a perfect album. It's a perfect song. Um, you had a lot to say about it when it came out, and you know this could just as easily have been one of your picks. Yes, um, I, I, I I'd forgotten actually about the song until you mentioned it. Um, when I when I wrote it up, when it was the year that it came out, this was like what twenty seventeen maybe. Um, uh, this is off Black Terry Cat, um, yep. her her sophomore album, which is phenomenal because um, it's like experimental jazz and a little bit of soul and all that jazz. Um, and I remember this was like my song of the year. I was like, there is no other song that is better than this. Because it, it was such a, again, and a little bit like Young Latin and Proud in that, you know, it is such an important uh, allegory for, you know, Latinidad in the U.S. You know, it's just like, 
we're always like you know it's just like a mexican chef a chef bachata in the back right it's just mm-hmm. like you know first of all people of color are often seen uh, mostly in positions of uh, of of service of of staff you know never never necessarily in a leadership position um but like i this song you know argues that like whatever like whether you know brown people are in charge or working in the back like we're still integral to everything that's happening um and you know and first of all like i mean obviously like brown people leading leading the charge like th- well that not existing is obviously a myth i mean we fucking had barack obama not that long ago but but you know the whole point is that like you know it doesn't well, matter and also like you know the more research you do the more you find out black women actually did invent feminism of course so, there's also that um, no of course i mean i mean it, you know like the, but this idea like again like this lack of visibility you know this doesn't doesn't mean that like we don't exist you know i mean fucking the 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 the, the trump administration has done everything that they can to minis- minimize people of color to minimize women to minimize you know like lgbt people you know um and again like the, again going back to the argument of the song is that like no matter how much you try to like erase us or minimize us we are still integral to society like we still make shit move you know um and it's like you know like it's so it's such a funny song it's such a serious song at the same time it's bittersweet it's you know i mean this is your song i feel like i'm ranting on about it but i love this song well i'm just so glad that you're talking about it because you're so much better at talking about (laughs) it than me but um (laughs) like when you when you when you first brought this song to like many many episodes ago like you went off on it and i was like damn you just like dropped some brilliant shit about this song but i guess if i have anything to say about this song it's that yes it says so much it's so incisive yes but without sacrificing poetry um it's like bopness it's it's a great song much like young latin and proud these are both like just people feel like you know, people often will like they'll write about a song just because of its political statement. Yes. Um, but sometimes the music's not there, and conversely, sometimes people will like they'll shit on the idea of like saying something important in a song, like "Who do you think you are?" or like "That's not what music's for." But like yeah. songs like this show like how much a song can matter and also be a great song. Yeah, I think that's something. I mean, we, we we spoke about that in the last episode we recorded, where like you know, I feel like I've been having a certain um, anxieties, I guess, or discomfort with political music, with the rise of political music, the way that it's become such a virtue signaling uh, a vehicle. You know, it's just like, look, 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 I'm talking about it. I'm talking about it. You know, like without ever really doing anything. And I think, or sometimes that's- without really having anything to say. Right. And I think as I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said like you, you know, many artists are sacrificing poetry or the music aspect of it to try and get some sort of convoluted message across Alex Amante Latinoamericana. You know, I feel like that album has honestly been growing on me, but we can talk about that another time. I did not bring Alex and Wanter. I mean, I do not believe in Alex and Wanter erasure because uh, (laughs) the previous album was really good. I can erase that album. I was going to bring Muhair, actually. Oh, that Amiga is a fabulous album. That Latino was one Americana of the songs sucks. I was going to bring. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, oh, I mean, I thought about bringing him, but I was like, eh, like, let's just go in a different direction. There were, for the record, guys, there were so many songs that like we were going to bring, so oh, many God, honorable yeah. mentions. This yes. was hard. It I really mean, was. I would love to have Empress Of be on here. There's just so many songs to me that are like Natalia Lafourcade. I really, like, she really ruled the decade, you know. Um, I, I mean, there's so many people to, to, to include, but I just want to go back to like that political thing for, for sure. a quick second. Because again, like I, I think you, you really, really hit it. It's just like, I feel like many artists have are sacrificing the music and the poetry of it. I did not like Latinoamericana overwhelmingly because I felt it was obvious. It was too direct. And I feel like in the age of social media where like JK Rowling has to come out and be like, you know, Oh, like Dumbledore is gay. Or now she's like a, a turf, which gross, you know, um, like, uh, you know, I was just thinking about watching the Howard, <laughs> the Harry Potter movies. And now yeah. I feel a way about it. Yeah. No, and that's um, fine. I mean, or like even but, reading the books, I was going to, I was going to read the books. I'm like, maybe there's something there. And now I just don't, good I don't want to read it. They really are good books. I mean, like, you know, I they're, believe they're, that. they're young adult fantasies, but like there's still lessons in them, you know? Well, um, and I mean, like this is going back to Chile, like one of the things like about like, you know, um, you know, music like Nueva Cancion or like really political, um, important music like um, in Brazil, you know, the Tropicalia movement. Of course. These are, you know. Or like, you know, the folk music move or like the folk music movement, you know, that my mom was into that I grew up with um, when I was a kid. Like she loved Pete Seeger and I grew up with stuff like that and like Phil Oaks and Buffy St. Marie mm-hmm. and, um, you know, or like so much hip hop that is brilliant and also yes. like, you know, really oh, like awakens people or like a lot of my favorite punk bands like against me, like these are people who are able to, you know, because they really feel it because they really have something to say and because they love music and like, basically what I'm saying is if something really matters to you, if you really have something to say, and if you are a songwriter and an artist with something to say, you can make really, really beautiful music. Yes. That also is speaking about, you know, not just a love song or, you know, the way you're feeling today it could be about things that are going on in your country. But like, you know, like um, the Alex and Wanter song Cordillera, I think that that song like is brilliant, you know, because these things are deep enough to write about. Yes. You know, and it's and, and that song is so wonderfully poetic versus just about anything on Latinoamericana where he's like, like on the title track of Latinoamericana where he's like, you know, like, oh, nobody used to judge you with their prejudices before the Spanish arrived or something. It's like it's so obvious. It's so direct. It sounds like a Twitter, tw- like like a Twitter feed, like a Twitter rant, you know, but like, you know, I think are- like that album, I, you know, the reason I'm not mad at that album is that it comes out very starkly and rawly. And in some ways, maybe too facile, but I think it's because it's coming from a dark place. It's coming like, from the fact that he was based in L.A. for the last three years as he was making it. And so he just sounds like any random, I rest my case. vaguely Chicanx Twitter like rant. And okay, it just okay. it, it sounds completely detached from the things that he knows. Um, you know, well, but, I guess but, maybe that's what it is. Like, if you want to write political music, it has to be like, you know, the, some of the songs that we've talked about so far in this episode right. where it's like, it has to be coming from your heart. It has to be coming from your own experience. It has to be something you need to say, not something yes. you feel like you should say. I think Neon Indian, for example, did a fabulous job this year with Toyota Man. I mean, Toyota Man is just that, so you know, That should be on this episode. But yeah, no, that song is so personal. But yeah, it's we played so it last him. time. 
it's uh, like it, musically, lyrically, it's so him. It's so quirky. It's so funny because it pokes, you know, it pokes fun of like, you know, obviously like immigration, but also like the man coming for immigrants, but also like a little bit of like, all right, you know, poking fun of like being Mexicano. Um, and yeah, and I think, you know, I think having these conversations about identity, um, I mean, it's it's really interesting because I, I think maybe that's one of the most um, major sort of themes of the last decade. And I think with the next with the next artist and with the next song, uh, it's a different exploration of, of, of identity. And I think that's in and that's spirituality. Um, I think over the past decade, um, I mean, that's really just the way that culture has gone. I mean, from like, you know, from kind of the resurgence of religion to, you know, something like fucking uh, the Zodiac being becoming just ubiquitous and like everybody just now living by it. I'm, I mean, I feel like spirituality and like this new sense of like, you know, trying to tap into ourselves um, is something that a lot of artists have been like, again, like really dipping into. And, um, you know, up next, we're going to listen to a song by Ibeyi. And I, you know, I, I feel like they really sort of spearheaded that charge. This is a song that you brought in, uh, by the way, Bev. Oh, yes. Um, tell, tell us about it. Um, well, uh, Ibei is a group of, well, it's, it's, a, it's a duo um, that I'm sure most of you are familiar with. Um, they are twin sisters who do this incredible pop music. Um, they are uh, French, Cuban. And, you know, as Richard was saying, there's a lot of spirituality in their music, especially in their first self-titled album, which um, was imbued with a lot of, um, you know, wisdom and spirituality from Santeria. And their father was a Cuban drummer and, you know, or was he a trumpet player? This is bad. I'm terrible. Um, <laughs> I think he was. A, I think he was a drummer. Okay, so maybe we can. If I was right, we can skip this. Um, <laughs> but you know, so like, and you know, one of the things that really fascinates me about Cuban music, um, you know, is how tied up the rhythms and the traditions are with um, West African spirituality. And Ibeyi really bring right. that out in a beautiful way in this song, and you know, convey like really what these traditions mean to them where they're talking about um you know really like sort of cleansing oneself and purifying oneself and and you know laying your troubles down and trying to be a better person through tapping into something higher than yourself um and this this song really struck a chord with a lot of people and um it, it's a song that just reveals so much and again is very powerful because it's so personal right well let's go ahead and listen to that now again this is river by ibeyi um and we'll be right back with more uh, decade situations
And so we're back. And the second song that we just heard there is by Rita Indiana y Los Misterios. This is La Hora de Volver. Um, and, you know, this is this this song to me kicked off a movement. Um, this is, you know, this is. Okay, this really did. This was like the spark that lit, um, you know, the thread of gasoline that went up to the truck that exploded. Basically, right. I mean, because like Rita Indiana... Um, you know, for for the listeners at home who may not be familiar with her work, she is a um, a writer, a novelist, a poet, a performance artist, a visual artist, um, and then she just decided to do some music as well. She's also a model, um, uh, an LGBT rights activist. Like she is just teach the children, Richard. Woo! Um, and so in 2010, she released uh, La Hora de Volver. Uh, followed by um, her only album, really, um, which is called El Juidero. It's incredible. I actually uh, wrote it up for Remezcla as the album of the decade. Um, and honestly, like, it just, when when I was told that was There's the album, a case to be made there. When when they were like, this is the album of the decade, I was like, of course it is. <laughs> I was like, of course, duh. You know, like, I mean, there, you know, there's... There's a there's a lot of cases to be made for, for you know, all sorts of albums. But I feel like this one checks every box and but like but but by default it like it was never intentional that she was going to make a manifesto of queerness or of dominican identity or of womanhood or of companionship or of like roots music you know it like if you know it was just it was just things that are in your brain and that she like just you know um, spun into beautiful tales. Um, again, I think the fact that she is a poet and a and a novelist really helped her in terms of her songwriting. Because again, as we were talking about before, like sometimes you know these kinds of themes and songs can feel forced. And for her, it was just completely effortless. It just it's just beautiful. And like and again, she's making these really really profound points laced with you know that inherent Caribbean wit. You know, um, and La Hora de Volver is really just, to me, like the quintessential diaspora longing anthem. It, you know, it's just like she has lived outside of the uh, out of the Dominican Republic for a very, very long time. She's lived in Puerto Rico. She's lived in the in New York. Um, and so this one is like it's about like, you know, like you're in New York, you know, hustling, trying to like do right by your family and sending money home. And, you know, it's but you still long for your island, you know? El embrujo inconfundible su sol. As a, um... You know? Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I mean, it's just she talks about the the unmistakable uh, 
bewitchment or or <laughs> you know of or allure of her island you know and I, I don't know I feel like I respond to that a lot yeah I was going to ask you as you know as as our wandering star do you sometimes feel that or do do you does this song particularly relate to really like, really do you relate to this song on a really personal level um yes and no not really um because like my I mean, I I I grew up a foreigner, you know. Like even though I'm I'm technically a U.S. citizen, I grew up in the Dominican Republic, and my family is not Dominican. So like I was already, you know, even though it, I was there since childhood, I didn't really ever fit in in the way that just like a Dominican would, um, just because like, uh, my yeah. parents were different. I can understand that. Yeah, I didn't go on the weekends to visit grandma or my aunties or play with my cousins or whatever, you know. So it was it, it was different. It was already different. Um, so, but, but I, I've never really, I don't, I don't live in the, in the diaspora fantasy, which a lot of people often do. Um, what is that? Uh, it's sort of a mythologizing or a glorification of a home that you don't really know. Um, mm. I think there's definitely something to be said about like that, the, 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 ni de aquí ni de allá, you know, that oftentimes Latinos feel in, in, in the U S that like, you're not you're not American enough, to, you're not white enough, I guess, to be American, but you're not Latino enough to be of wherever, you know, your family is from. Um, I think it's different. I think, uh, you know, people are la- longing to a sense of nostalgia that I don't think is real. Um, you know, again, like, I mean, I might get some hate for that, but it's just like, you know, the, the, that's where, like, for example, like for me, the, the difference between the words Latinx and Latin American come into play because, like, you know, in the U.S., Latinx is supposed to mean a catch-all, you know, and in Latin America, you know, they see that as something that's Ooh, very specifically that. gringo. Um, yeah. I know, I know, well, well, I know you've said that, that, like, yeah, it, it was born in Latin America or whatever, blah, blah, blah. blah. It, at the end of the day, just living here, people are very resentful of whenever they try to use that word here. Um because like first of all latin americans don't even really see themselves as latin 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 is the idea of latin in latin america is a um is a, a sort of a very it's like salsa music it's like when even in latin america people be like yeah well, you know i'm trying to do latin rhythms this is like what do you mean <laughs> like you know isn't everything born here latin rhythms but they'll be like no it's you know like kind of like traditional stuff like you know merengue salsa caribbean that sort of like that sort of latin warmth that like begins to cool down the further south you go um, i mean i have heard a lot of people say you know the um the concept of latinidad is you know almost inherently problematic and imposed sure, yeah. from outside yeah and also leaves a lot of people in latin america out so it's you know, um, it's not something that I really feel like I have a right to speak to, but I know what you're saying. Well, the concept of Latinidad is one bred by, again, people of the diaspora in the United States, you know. And again, that's overwhelmingly how it seems. Like, again, like, it's one, it's the main reason I, I, I have always had an issue with the word Latinx, because it's something that, like, you would never say here. Latine makes more sense, but either, even though people don't say that here. Inclusive what language. What does it mean? What does that word mean? Oh, oh it, that, right. It's just, a more, it's just a more grammatically correct version of Latinx, but it's just like people here do use um, inclusive language. Non, you know, don't it's get non, me wrong. It's non-gendered. It is non-gendered. But, and again, like people use inclusive language in Latin America. That's not particularly new. In, in Chile, in Mexico, and uh, even in Brazil, they're, they're very, very common. It's, but it's, it's a Spanish grammar <laughs> rule that's coming from an English-speaking think tank. You know what I mean? Mm, um, yeah. 
And so like, or at least like a, maybe like a, it's coming from a different hemispheric perspective. Absolutely. And, and I do understand the idea of how that's being imposed. Um, Let's maybe move on and talk about another Dominican poet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I brought this one too. Um, so this is uh, this is a song by Cardi B that I think was a watershed moment. Uh, uh, you might have heard it. It's called Bodak Yellow. Um, poetry, as you've described. Um, and I, I don't know. I think it was a watershed moment. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of discussion of female rappers, female rappers, female rappers. And it's like before Nicki Minaj, well, really before Cardi B, because like Nicki Minaj really dominated the market. Cardi B kind of opened the doors a little bit. Like even though, of, of course, women rappers existed. Um, that is something interesting where it's like, why is it that after Cardi B, there can be more than one? Why is it, you know, why, why is, why is it like, why, why, why that? I've heard theories that it's because Nikki was really trying to corner that market. Um, and and like, if there's two, then suddenly you see that there can be so many more. I mean, Cardi B from the jump has not given a fuck. Well, I mean, she gives a fuck, obviously, about what Nikki has to say. But, like, she's not afraid of her, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, like, I mean, again, because it's always, it, like, a lot of people often are like, oh, you know, like, where's the talent? I'm like, the talent has always been there. It's just the opportunities, you know? And it, and it takes, unfortunately... The recognition has not been there. Absolutely. It always takes somebody to break that glass ceiling, whether it's a queer person, a brown person, a, you know, a woman, whatever. Um, and and I think Cardi B really... Again, I, I, I will not just be like, oh, she's the great, you know, liberator by any means, but... You know, you know, Bodak Yellow was a fucking watershed moment, and then she kept the momentum going. Um, All right, well, let's listen to it just because, like, I want to hear it. Hey, okay. So, again, this is Bodak Yellow by Cardi B, and we'll be right back with more mess. Say, little bitch, you can fuck with me if you wanted to. These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. Hit the score, I can get them both, I don't want to choose. And I'm quick, cut a nigga off, so don't get comfortable. Look, I don't dance now, I make money moves. Say, I don't gotta dance, I make money move. If I see you now and speak, that means I don't fuck with you. I'm a boss, you a worker, bitch, I make Bloody moves. Now she say she gon' do what a who? Let's find out and see. Cardi B, you know where I'm at. You know where I be. You in the club just to party. I'm there. I get paid a fee. I be in another bench. Tomboy, that girl is a tomboy. That girl is a tomboy. That girl is a tomboy. Who that is, hope? That girl is a tomboy. That girl is a tomboy. That girl is a tomboy. Who that is, hope? That girl is a tomboy. That girl is a tombo
Charity. With my little titties and my fat belly, I can tell your man if you finna let me, it's a guarantee that he won't forget me. My body little, my soul is heavy. My little titties be booking cities all around the world. They be fucking with me. I'm a Calvin Klein model, come and get me. Set the resi up, don't be fucking with me. My little titties are so itty bitty, I go locomotive. Chitty chitty, bang bang. Gold hoops in that main chain. Ten boots are like four rings. Missy Elliott can't stand the rain. You lanes ain't the same games. Little titties not so damn pretty. Staircase in a crack filly. Little titties in a fat kitty. Big pants and some stuffed shoes. Bop a bow, lose clues. With my little titties and my fat belly. 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 Oh my god okay so i get so hyped when i listen to that song and so do so many other people this is another song that like resonated with people means something to people uh makes me want to throw chairs um punch a wall i don't know it's like because it's it's just so like so much energy it's so awesome i love it yeah we are talking about we are talking about tomboy by princess nokia by the way yes yes yeah i mean i mean i've i've i'm not a fan of princess nokia i i liked you used to be what happened i really liked metallic butterfly uh her first mixtape and then everything since i i I just can't get behind well because it's like super laced with self-righteousness um uh, it's hip-hop no it's twitter it's it's uh you know, again, like I, 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 I don't know. I've spoken about it uh, on the show before. Just like you know, like I, I feel like the self righteous culture has really gotten out of hand, and I feel like she's definitely like a high priestess among it. You know, she's ready to call people out at every turn while herself being pre- kind of a shitty artist all the time. Um, she I love Balenciaga. She, I thought that song was great. As she, I think she's had a great year. She's a brat. She cancels festival appearances all the time. She's cost promoters a ton of money. 
um, she canceled. She like tried to like bully Mexican promoters into bringing her whole fucking crew with her, like to a show that she was doing. Basically, just trying to turn it into a vacation. Um, you know, she went to do like some sort of relief concert in Puerto Rico and then canceled it last minute, and so like cost the okay, promoters that's a fuck uncool. ton of money. You know, she's done this a bunch, and I again like to be. You know, everything is like, you know, we got to know ourselves and this is for our people and this, that, the other. And then fucking over your people is just like, I'm like, mm. I, I, I feel I find that the people on the highest pedestals are also the dirtiest. And I'm sure that she's fine. You know whatever. what? I, f- I find that like what we've had, like all I think one thing that's sort of defined this decade is like finding out like whoever you admired the most, whoever seemed the most spotless actually turned out to be like the grossest right meanwhile like you know you're like whoever seems to be the dirt bag nothing's come out about them <laughs> well i mean also people are out here looking for superheroes i'm not interested in that you know you're an artist present the art you know i'm not i'm not saying that like like you know with kanye that i'm like i'm gonna keep the 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 art separate from the person i'm also not saying that ew fuck that noise but but you know like i you know i i think of, of like beyonce for example I don't know how many times a day she pees. I don't need to. You know, like the music is great and like the 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 visual projects are fantastic and when she hits a runway it's fantastic. I don't need to know every single detail of her life because that's not the job, you know? Like it's like well, speaking of ah! <laughs> a we we do have another artist who is very much on a pedestal um with also who also has fantastic music and I think, you know, definitely had so one of the songs of the decade, one of the moments of the decade. Yeah, for sure. You know, toe to toe with uh, any other artist you want to say is important, even though like he came in like really under the wire towards the end. Yeah, he's really but, defined damn. the tail end here. Bad Bunny, uh, <laughs> Stamos Bien yeah. is the song that like I want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love Bad Bunny. I think, again... For me, when when you when you make music, when you do art, really, I feel like you should be doing something, you know, like you like if you're a musician, I want you to either like make me party, make me turn up, you know, give me something thought provoking, give me something artistic, give me something political, but I need you to do something. And I feel like, you know, in the hit churning machine of of Urbano, I think Bad Bunny is an agitator and he's disrupted that. He's like, right, we can still twerk, but also like think about some shit. And like, I, you know, I love you for putting it that way. Yeah, but I mean, like, if it's true, I mean, like, yeah, that song. You're not overstating things. You're not understating things. I mean, I think that that's exactly it. we're, We're coming off of J Balvin being like, oh, I'm not of the right or of the or of the left, I just want to live right, or whatever. Like, it's just, like, the most tepid Ew, political I statement. I that. Yeah, it was, like, the most tepid political statement, like, during all the shit that was ha- that's happening in Colombia right now. And it's just, like, Bad Bunny is, like, not about that noise. He's about showing up and, like, you know... Showing up at the mayor's house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, doing music about it and donating money and, like, but donating time also. Like, people think that writing a check is it you know and it's it's so much more than that he's a fucking citizen you know he's like and that doesn't interfere with his ability to make money or be a pop star absolutely some people Um, are just cowards sorry i you know admit and it also like it makes me a little sad that bad bunny has been put on such a major pedestal because it also robs him of his humanity you know if like bad bunny i don't know he said something or did something not too long ago and like it was unpopular and everybody's like oh he was our woke king it's like 
girl, he's a person. He's a person. <laughs> yeah. Let him be a person. You know, like, I, and I'm and I'm so glad that he is echoing a lot of things that are current and important right now um, in a genre that is is very reticent to evolving. You know, I mean, the way that he dresses uh, was one of the most um, uh, buzzy things about him when he emerged because he didn't dress thuggish. You know, he wasn't interested in that. He's like, no soy de la calle. He's like, he's 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 fashionable. He's weird. He's, you know, avant-garde. He plays which with is gender. Like honest. He's not pretending to be something he's not, which right. is in that way, you know, which is funny. Yeah. I mean, I, that's why but I've once always again, like he's him. not he's like he's coming at things from like his personal like from where from like his personal place as opposed to trying to conform to like something he thinks he should be absolutely and that's what that's really why i appreciate bad bunny aside from the fact that the music is innovative too it's just like you know i mean you know there was all this controversy about how uh reggaeton and urbano in general was really snubbed by the latin grammys but also like a lot of people like a lot of people specifically musicians were even saying like urbano musicians were like yeah but like you're all just making the same song over and over again because you know it's going to be a hit. Like, where's the innovation? You know, the fact that, for example, like, Por Siempre was left out of almost every category was like, what? Because it really changed the game. I mean, it really pushed the boundaries, you know. And and honestly, like, I think Urbano will be so much the better for it in, in the long run. Word. Well, let's <laughs> listen to, I think, you know, what I think might be one of the high watermarks in um, Bad Bunny's catalog. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we're listening to Tamo Bien. This is by Bad Bunny, and we'll be right back with more mess. Yeah, yeah. Contento y me levanté feliz Aunque dicen por ahí Que están hablando de mí Joda que se joda que se joda Ey, ey Joda que se joda que se joda Hoy me levanté contento Y me levanté feliz Aunque dicen por ahí Que están hablando de mí Joda que se joda que se joda Ey, ey Joda que se joda que se joda 
Monarco comprando billetes. La Mercedes en PR cogiendo boquetes. Vivo como soñé a los 17. El que no logra una, ¿por qué no le mata? Dime qué esperas tú. Si alguien puede, eres tú. Aunque pa' casa no ha llegado la luz. Gracias a Dios porque tengo salud. La vida no tiene repetición. Después que mami me echa la bendición. No te preocupes, estamos bien. Como sin billetes de cien Pero tenerlo es malo así que estamos bien Estamos bien, ey Todos los míos están bien, estamos bien, ey No te preocupes, estamos bien Okay, so we were just listening to the very fun and enjoyable Tusicaria by Ms. Nina, yes. who, as we were just discussing, is an Argentine artist uh, making reggaeton from a home base in Spain. Yes. Richard, why did you pick this song as one of the songs of the decade? Well, so, okay. So, I mean, you know, I was, I was putting my list together and I realized I didn't have any reggaeton. 
And I was like, right. Well, reggaeton is definitely the sound of the fucking decade. So <laughs> I was like, we gotta, we gotta address that. And so I started thinking about like, who are the reggaeton artists of the decade? I was like, sure, Bad Bunny and Balvin. But then I started thinking, I was like, well, this is an indie show. And Neo Perreo really changed the game. I mean, Neo Perreo, you know, like came at a time when, again, as, as we mentioned before, you know, Urbano started to feel safe. Urbano, you know, started to feel like it was just repetitive. And, you know, especially in reggaeton, it's just like, you know, there is a, fo- it's formulaic now. Um, That's how it works with everything. The right. underground keeps the above ground and the mainstream honest. And then yes. above ground, like, then also turns around and steals from the underground. Yeah. Yes. And in order well, and, to maintain relevance. And that's precisely what what has happened. I mean, at this point, they're starting to have dialogues, which is really cool. Um, and so, you know, obviously, like Neo Perreo stars include like Tomas El Real and like Bea Pelea, you know, Tech Girl, um, uh, Del Tatron, uh, Paul Marmota. Um, and, and Miss Nina has definitely emerged as definitely one of the, the, the brightest stars alongside like Tomas El Real, I'd say. Um, but I think I, I like... I prefer personally on a musical level, I prefer Miss Nina because uh, for a long time she was making her own beats. She was making her own visuals. Um, she actually takes the time to write a song where uh, Tomasa often improvises her lyrics. Um, not that I'm trying to like pit them against each other. There's nothing that serves nobody here. But um, but Tusicaria really is the defining anthem of Neo Perreo. I mean, there's lots of great songs, even her own, um, like, uh, Rico Rico Pam Pam, you know, uh, or like Tomasa's um, Barre con el Pelo. But Tu Sicaria is the one that everybody knows. It's the one that everybody requests. I just saw Miss Nina perform at this festival called Flow Fest. Um, and, like, she was pre- play- playing at, like, 5.30 in the afternoon. And, like, she was in the tent. She wasn't on one of the main stages, but the tent was packed. And I'm telling you, when she played... Tuzicaria for like what how much it could have been like three thousand people like that shit went crazy and her show was solid throughout she was so much fun to see live um and yeah again i feel like Tuzicaria will like Tuzicaria came out in 2016 it's still like that shit comes on at the club today and like it still goes crazy and uh, again as i was saying earlier in the show i was like thinking about this list i was like what's music that's gonna play that played in this decade that will continue to play in the next Tuzicaria absolutely will remain a staple of of perreo circles worldwide for sure this is going to be one of those songs that as we were talking about is going to be talked about cited listened to for a long time absolutely absolutely i mean when i uh when i wrote that neo perreo piece for um for uh boiler room i opened like my 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 i opened the, the story with um with a with with a memory that i had of like walking through rico club which is the top uh, reggaeton club in Mexico City and I remember I distinctly remember Tusicaria started to play like because it has like this like sort of like very sparse almost malevolent um like synth beat that it opens with um and like I remember I remember just people going crazy <laughs> I, remember, I was like oh crap um and yeah I mean and I think you know again dance music is 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 always going to be you know popular people love dancing people love having fun and i think one of the 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 genres that we might have overlooked on the show is cumbia um like i've grown to really love cumbia in mexico um i didn't get it you have gone native i have gone native. <laughs> i i don't dance it because i still have no rhythm in my body but i love cumbia 
and and I like I like now have a really solid when I whenever like on the rare occasions when like I'm invited to like DJ or something, I have a cumbia set now, which is fucking nuts. And it's like, Oh my God, I want to hear your cumbia set. Ah, Okay. We have to do, we have to do an episode that is Richard's cumbia set. Oh my God. That is such a, that would be such a mess. I mean, I actually, I've been meaning to do a a cumbia episode with my daughter, Oscar. Um, Okay. Well, that's fair. That's fair. He is like, he is crazy, stupid, knowledgeable about cumbia. And like, mind you, he's like a little goth from like the South of Mexico city. Um, but, but yeah, but I wanted to play a song by Raimix. I feel like Raimix, uh, Oye Mujer, this is a song that like everybody knows. This song plays at every party, at every wedding, at every quinceañera. Um, it's just, it's just a wholesome, you know, love song. It's like, Oye Mujer, you know, I have fallen in love with you. And, um, yeah, it's just a it's just a party anthem. I don't think because it's cumbia, I think it's seen as kitsch. So I don't think it gets the 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 love or the regard or the respect that it really deserves. Because um, it was kind of revolutionizing. It's super minimal. It it's not exactly like you know the most highly produced song you've ever heard. But like everybody knows it, and it was everywhere. And again, like I think um, when you when you work in indie, um, you can often just sort of like you know surround yourself with like privileged people i mean especially in latin america to be an indie musician you kind of need to have money so you can forget that sometimes people working in the mainstream or for like a broader audience or for a different kind of underground audience Mm -hmm. can be doing transformative innovative music too right i mean like it's not just hipsters out here listening music it's fucking you know like people and like you know waiters and like mothers and you know truck drivers like everybody's out here like you know listening to music and like and and new music too i mean you know it doesn't all have to be fucking cutting edge underground you know whatever's um like pop mainstream something that plays to like traditional you know sensibilities is also incredibly valid and transcendent again like this song oye mujer this is a song that you could play anywhere in latin america in the u.s and like people would recognize it and dance to it Um, All right, let's play it on our podcast. Yes. Okay. So again, this is Remix. The song is Oye Mujer. uh, And we'll be right back to wrap up this decade worth of mess.
Y esto es la electrocumbia con la voz y el estilo de Rymix. Desde San José el Vidrio, Estado de México. Y échale mundo. Oye mujer. Me parece que te vi bailando un día 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 Me parece que te vi b
All right, so we were just listening to a, another bop that uh, a cumbia song. It's it's a cumbia anthem that is literally titled Cumbia Anthem hey. by uh, Corpus Christi, Christi Texas um, DJ producer L Dusty, and this song it's just like it's just such a jam. Again, it's like a song that has like legs that runs far far further than you know the artist himself and um yeah i just feel like it was one of these songs that like really it i think it helped like spread cumbia and you know get people you know listening to cumbia um more in the u.s yeah totally. it is a um definitely like a party anthem and it, it was like i think it was the like u.s cumbia party anthem that was needed I think it, I think it gets played at like sports events, no? Like it, I think it gets played like at NBA events. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I I I've seen things about it. Um, well, because it's that much of an earworm. It really is, and it and it's instrumental, so it's like it's super easy to just sort of like bop to it. Um, and um, I want to give a quick shout out to our podcasting cousins uh, at Decolores Radio with this uh, uh, cumbia anthem is their theme song um, because they're good friends with El Dusty and they were like, can we use it? And he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love that song. And I, and I love El Dusty. I think El Dusty is one of the most um, underrated producers um, in the U.S. right now because even though people know who he is, he kind of just gets generally boxed as a Latin musician and it's like he is doing so many things he put out um an ep last year with soul fire i want to say and it was like a like a reggae thing but it's so good i you know i i don't really go out of my way for, to, to listen to reggae usually but like it's just again it's like cumbia you know this is not a, a traditional take on cumbia and neither was his take on reggae it was like chopped and screwed it was electronic it was a little bit edm-y it was just so um, interesting and different, and yeah, I I'm Team El Dusty, all the way. I love El Dusty. I love what he's doing. He's so exciting. He reminds me a lot of of Happy Colors, and I believe that they're actually friends and they uh, work together. Ooh, yeah, that's a great comparison. Yeah, because their styles are very like ADD. Like they take <laughs> a lot of these like traditional rhythms like of their homeland. Like again, like cumbia. You know, he's he's uh, Me Mexican or Chicano. I'm not sure, but he's from Texas. Um, and like the Happy Colors is Dominican. And again, like they take. <clears throat> these sounds from home but they like modernize them in such a way which again i feel is is a major uh i don't want to say trend but it's definitely a big takeaway from the 2010s where it's like you know roots music being updated to like modern day so like mula jepe you know chancha via circuito just sort of like this is what we have but we also live in a new in a new era now so like what what does it sound for young young people or like you know you know hipsters whatever you know listening or making traditional sounds and and I, I i love what they do i love i love el dusty team el dusty forever <laughs> uh dude we're getting to the end yeah well so is the decade <laughs> yeah end of an episode end of a decade and you picked i think a very important song to close things out with yeah so i um I, uh, again, I told you, I, I wrote a lot of um, end of decade, end of year content this year. Um, and, a f you know, I felt like there were certain publications that I needed to hit certain beats with. Um, and a, uh, a Colombian publication uh, called Rock en las Americas hit me up on Twitter um, and was like, oh, yeah, they're cool. Like, what is your personal top 10 albums and top 10 songs? 
Um, and I was like, oh, because I was like, you know, like, what do you what do I think is best? What do I think really, you know? And again, that's where I was thinking. I was like, OK, what are we listening to in this decade that people will continue to listen to in the next decade? And this is a song that I think is tremendously important, especially as uh, Latinx folk um, enter the mainstream in the U.S. and Latin America really kind of like comes into its own as a, uh, you know, economic power, as a, you know, destination, a travel destination, as a cultural exporter. Um, I think right now Latin America is in a um, pivotal uh, moment of of rebirth of of revolution um you know the flames are burning all over um and and, indeed and so like if we and we mentioned latinidad this monolith this monolithic identity um and i think the lesson that this song uh taught us is that it's not a single monolith it's more of a puzzle it's like it's so many different identities and traditions and storylines weaving into um, a rich, beautiful, complex, undefinable uh, tapestry. Um, I'm talking about Calle 13's Latino America. Um, I think it is, again, we've it's so many themes that we're repeating throughout this episode. It's just like, it's poetry. It, it's not reggaeton. I don't even really see it as a rap. I, I see it as poetry. Um, it is. But is it personal? So much. Um, it's so evocative. It's so, you know, talking about like, it's not just reducing a country or a, a, or a people to a stereotype. It's not just like, you know, oh, Mexican mariachi. No, it's like the goddess of corn, you know, the skies, the blue skies in Chile, you know, the, the rains of somewhere in Brazil. You know, it's just like, it's so many things that like, it, I don't know, it feels like a mosaic, um, and and if I I live I remember like I've never been a Calle 13 fan uh, again like I'm not a fan of most of the people on this playlist it's so funny I was a little uh, surprised when you <laughs> picked this one even though I completely agree that it is the right choice I think that um, yeah I think we both made some hard choices and yes. we really came up with like what we believe these are not just our personal favorites yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I but some I, of these are my personal favorites, yeah, but I mean, that's beside the point. I've always been, I've always been sort of on the wrong side of history with Calle 13, I suppose, because everybody loves them, and I'm like, I guess, you know. But this, I remember when I first heard the song, it blew me away. It really did. I was like, you really took on trying to sum up the vibrant and multicolored identities of Latin America in a what four minute song, and you pulled it off. That's yep. crazy. <laughs> That's what happened. That's crazy. Um, so before we go, um, Bev, do you want to let our listeners know where they can follow you for uh, any writing or ranting uh, that they might want to enjoy? Um, my Twitter has sort of devolved into shit posting, but you can find <laughs> me at uh, DJ Check. And that's it. I only want you to find me on Twitter. Good. Good. Perfect. You know, nice and concise. Um, and I will uh, take this opportunity to let you all know that this is Songless. And my name is Richard Viegas, and my co-host is Beverly Bryan. Um, we are available for listening on your favorite pop podcasting platforms. That would be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, you can find us on social media, all at Songmess. Uh, that would be Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, if you want to send us a message directly, uh, songmessmusic at gmail.com will do the trick. 
And um, obviously, we have our Bops playlist always linked in the show notes, um, as well as a link to our online store at songmess.threadless.com. Before we go, before we listen to Calle 13, I also want to let you know that after this episode, the New York series is kicking back up. Um, I recorded... Uh, 16 long-form interviews and eight short-form interviews in New York City back in August. And my computer uh, got, uh, some humidity got into it. Um, No fault of my own, I promise. (laughs) I'm much more careful with my shit than that. Uh, Back in October. And so my shit was trapped in there. So um, I've been getting out a bunch of uh, other interviews and and and, well, and episodes that I had already uh, pre-recorded. Um, and again, you know, this is the four the first episode of 2020, followed by straight up New York interviews. So you're gonna have like two months worth of of New York City interviews that are so 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 good. Uh, and that includes Combo Chimbita, uh, Max Cueto of Disco Lai, um, La Bac, Suzuka Poderosa. Um, you know, Susie Exposito, editor of Rolling Stone Latin. So many, so many, so many great interviews uh, that I was incredibly fortunate. Um, Dang, I can't wait. Lockdown. Yeah, it's gonna. It's so good. Oh, I've been editing them this week, and I'm like, bitch, this is gonna be so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, other than that, I think um, you know, I'm ready to let you all go. Um, thank you so much for listening. Again, the song is Latino America. This is by Calle 13. Um, anything else before we go, Bev? I'm hoping that everyone has a bright and happy new year. All righty. Well, enjoy. Y nos vemos en la próxima. Chao. Soy, soy lo que dejaron. Soy toda la sobra de lo que se robaron. Un pueblo escondido en la cima. Mi piel es de cuero, por eso aguanta cualquier clima. Soy una fábrica de humo. Mano de obra campesina para tu consumo Frente de frío en el medio del verano El amor en los tiempos del cólera, mi hermano El sol que nace y el día que muere Con los mejores atardeceres Hoy el desarrollo en carne viva Un discurso político sin saliva Las caras más bonitas que he conocido Soy la fotografía de un desaparecido La sangre dentro de tus venas Soy un pedazo de tierra Que vale la pena una canasta con frijoles Soy Maradona contra Inglaterra, anotándote dos goles. Soy lo que sostiene mi bandera, la espina dorsal del planeta en mi cordillera. Soy lo que me enseñó mi padre, el que no quiere a su patria, no quiere a su madre. Soy América Latina, un pueblo sin pierna, pero que camina. Oye, tú no puedes comprar al viento. Cuando me sonrío La nieve que maquilla mis montañas Tengo el sol que me seca Y la lluvia que me baña Un desierto embriagado con peyote Un trago de pulque Para cantar con los coyotes Todo lo que necesito Tengo a mis pulmones Respirando azul clarito La altura que sofoca 
Soy las muelas de mi boca, mascando coca El otoño con sus hojas desmayadas Los versos escritos bajo la noche estrellada Una viña repleta de uva Un cañaveral bajo el sol en Cuba Soy el mar caribe que vigila las casitas Haciendo rituales y agua bendita El viento que peina mi cabello Soy todos los santos que cuelgan de mi cuello El jugo de mi lucha no es artificial Porque el abono de mi tierra es natural Tú no puedes comprar Cóndor invadiendo mi nido Perdono pero nunca olvido Oye Vamos. 